cosmetics are terrible. <laughs> There's mm. so many things in there that we, we just should not be putting on our skin. And the cumulative effect of that is, is shocking. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is, you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week, we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me, and let's squeeze the joy out of this life. Because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? When you need something, you know, you're ready to go buy a product and maybe you don't know too much about it. Who do you ask? Where do you go to find that information? Do you read reviews online? Do you ask a friend? Do you just kind of buy it and wing it and hope for the best? Well, if you're the kind of person that likes to choose healthy and non-toxic products, there's a new place that you can go to and it's called Leaf Score. LeafScore is on a mission to help readers find products that are healthy for them and for the planet. I think now more than ever, that's something we need. Sustainable, eco-friendly, green, non-toxic, that's what they do. And they have a ranking system for classifying those items across every category you could possibly imagine, from home to personal care, to baby, to kitchen, to even cars. Lee Matthews is the head of research at LeafScore, and I interviewed her to find out a little bit more about how it works and what their mission is. If you're in pursuit of trying to live a cleaner, greener life, this one is definitely for you. I can't wait to share my interview with Lee, and I would love to hear what you think about this resource and if it's something that you think you'll use in your daily life. Let's listen. Lee, it's so good to have you on. It's so good to be here. Thank you for inviting me on, Maria. Well, you really speak my language. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, think, I think just the awareness of the products that we use in every aspect of our lives or even things that we don't actively use, things that we just use to adorn ourselves, um, yeah. we need to take a little closer look. How did you get involved in this field in the first place? Um, it's sort of a, I guess it's an interesting, an interesting organic process. Um, I've always been... No pun intended, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, always a pun intended. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, uh, I've been, I've been vegan for a very, very long time, um, for, uh, probably coming up on about 16 years now. And I've always been interested in environmental awareness and, uh, and just sort of taking a, um, a sustainable approach to basically everything. Um, and I have a nutrition background. Um, and so I've been working as a freelance, uh, health and science writer for over a decade. And it's, yeah, it's just, uh, like finding the leaf score model, um, was, uh, just perfect really. Um, as I was, as I was saying in our uh, little chat earlier, um, this is the perfect job for, for me really. It's, uh, cause I'm such a nerd. So I love digging into 
um, environmental reports and uh, even looking at uh, lobbying uh, money and what companies are doing in terms of uh, marketing and sustainability and um, and the kind of claims that people are putting out there and whether they're actually worth anything. I think it's yeah. funny that you call yourself a nerd because I just think <laughs> you're, you're hungry for knowledge. And girlfriend, if you're a nerd, I'm a nerd right there with you. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> nerds unite. Nerds unite. Well, I think, honestly, we all have to be a bit nerdy at this point. Because That's I what mean, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, information that's out there is not it's not easy to pass a lot of the time and we really have to take it on ourselves, unfortunately, to, to do that, that legwork, to do that research and be a little bit skeptical and um, push companies to give us more information. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, you know, it's due process to a large extent and we are in a time of, you know, transparency, whether you like it or not. Yeah, <laughs> and people, yeah. people have the ability to do their research and capture information and share it at lightning speed. So you yeah. got to be above board. What, um, so Leaf Score is really a compilation of, um, it's information about products from a wide variety. Can you talk a little bit about what it is and what it sets out to do? So it originated um, as a part of the gene food uh, uh, company, and I was I was writing on nutrigenomics and um, and various other topics for for gene food, and then which for of, everybody not to interrupt you for everybody oh, yes, listening, yeah. please go and listen to the prior episode with John O'Connor, and yes, you'll learn a yeah. lot more about gene food and how your genetics plays into really what you should be eating. And I just did the test, by the way. I'm so excited oh, to get the results. Yeah. So I, I'm really fascinated by this process. Yeah, it's uh it's a really yeah, I think it it just goes to highlight the the point that we're all we're all unique and we all have different responses to uh to our environment and to the food that we eat. And part of that is the sort of the the nutrigenomics and then there's also toxicogenomics. So we all have a different ability to metabolize certain uh, heavy metals and um, uh, PFCs and PFOA and all, all the things that are sort of lurking in lots of household goods that we aren't always aware are there and aren't always listed on, on labels. And so, yeah, it, uh, Leaf Score originally, I, I think the first, the first sort of few things that I was writing about were water filters. Um, and it just quickly became apparent that Leaf Score needed a home. Originally, we called it, I think, uh, what was it, Eco Home, something like that, on the Gene Food website. And then we we shifted to a, a full uh, Leaf Score model. And it's yeah, it's now covering things like yoga mats and lawnmowers and mattresses. Um, so really, I can wax lyrical on pretty much everything that you'll find in the average uh, the average home. <laughs> so you and, and you and and the and the job of Leaf Score is really to evaluate the um, the eco friendliness of a product, but also its yes. toxicity. Correct. Yeah. So we're sort of we're we're walking that line between finding finding products that are are eco friendly in terms of they use recycled materials um, they uh, or they use natural materials that don't have a huge environmental in- impact looking at companies as well like just, just sort of the companies themselves whether they operate in a facility that say uses rainwater to flush their flush their toilets that kind of thing wow. um, whether they're carbon neutral um, so really bringing in all of those things so that if a company is saying our products are eco friendly I'm really digging into whether that is actually the case. 
um, or whether it's whether it's just greenwashing that they stuck a nice organic label on it and called it quits. And then also, yeah, on the toxicity side, I mean, it's you could argue that there are certain products that are, and I'm doing air quotes here, eco-friendly, but they still contain uh, substances that are off-gassing. That um, when you use them, they may have endocrine disrupting effects they may be carcinogenic um, all of those sorts of things so it's a real balancing act and one of the things that uh if i'm gonna be very blunt um, <laughs> one be of blunt. the things okay i figured i'm in a good space for that <laughs> yeah one of the things that that honestly just drives me to distraction is when I look at an article online that's a sort of listicle and it claims to have the top 10 eco-friendly of something. And then I look at the very first one and I look at the actual composition of that product and it is just rife with things that likely contain formaldehyde, things that uh, have used a lot of um, fossil fuels to actually create it. Um, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. It's so LeaseGore is basically aiming to be genuine in, in actually listing things that are eco-friendly, that are safe and non-toxic. Um, and I struggle sometimes to uh, find those products. So there how, are certain... how, do you, how do you find information? Like what, how do you pull research and how do you verify that it's credible? Because a lot of these companies are not necessarily disclosing yeah. their their um, processes or their protocols. So how do you actually find that info? One of the things is uh, if there is a company that is disclosing, I adore them immediately. <laughs> Makes my life so much easier. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, um, I'm thinking of the Organic Mattress uh, Inc. Uh, Omi company. Um, they have fantastic transparency in terms of their certifications for, for their GOTS, so Global Organic uh, Textile Standard, um, and then GOLS, Global Organic Latex Standard. And they have a scent-free facility, even the people who work there. There's a non-smoking policy. There's a non-scent policy. They they lay out all of their certificates on their website. They like I go through and I check the dates and actually make sure that they are they have the right name because mm. sometimes companies will put up certificates and it's not actually their name on the certificate or it's three years out of date. So it's sort of like they've made a little attempt at transparency, but you know, it sort of falls down. The other side of things is I will look at things like B Corporation status. And B Corporation, and can you elaborate for everybody listening what B Corporation means? So a B Corporation is a company that is adhering to certain standards for um, social responsibility, environmental responsibility, and is aiming to actually go above and beyond industry standards and, uh, and be a leader. So sort of demonstrate how company policy can make effective change in the environmental arena and in worker labor rights, that kind of thing. So if a company is a B corporation, um, they have to go through certain audit processes and I will sit down and go through those audit reports and see if they have, if they've had any citations for um, say wastewater emissions, excessive air emissions, um, that kind of thing. 
No, the yeah, fact so it's, that they have gone to the extent to get certified or to yeah. go through, you know, and I know with us, we have several certifications for our Eat Cleaner products. We're mm. USDA bio-based certified. Yep. We're um, non-GMO compliant. We're, um, uh, some of our products are OMRI listed for yeah. the organic uh, material review. Um, yes. So, you know, just the idea of going through the process of certification is mm. important because there are standards by those certifying bodies. Are there any specific ones that you look for more than others? Like, are there any that are more meaningful to you than, you know, the fact that they've gone through maybe a USDA organic certification or they've gone through a USDA bio-based certification? Like, are there any that stand out to you more than others? That's a that's a tricky one to answer. Um, the certification processes across a variety of household products are just so so varied and and they shift pretty quickly. So I do like I definitely look for um, a legitimate organic uh, certification. I I tend to err towards the um, if it's a textile then a GOTS certification. If it's yeah, if it's a U.S. company, then for sure a USDA Organics uh, certification or an Oregon TILF uh, certification as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. Um, and the other thing is that sometimes certifications really just aren't worth the the paper that they're written on, or the you know the digital page that they're on. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of things like the. Oh goodness, what is it? It's uh, there's a certification by the carpet and rug industry, something like that. And uh, it's, it's a while since I wrote about carpets, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's essentially an industry-led certification process. And so they, they, their standards are just very low in terms of uh, formaldehyde emissions, uh, off-gassing, that kind of thing. So that's part of, that is also part of what I do. I look through the, the greenwashing that is there and, um, and then sort of green guard gold is, is another one or green guard. Um, they still allow for certain chemicals to be used in, uh, the production of various goods. And well, so and I, I would yeah. say the same thing about the USDA organic, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, let me, let me just vent for a second because oh, please do. <laughs> as, as a, as a, you know, an inventor and a, uh, somebody who holds a patent, you know, I think that when you go to formulate a product, what you want to do is you want to use the most or the least impactful ingredients to yield the most effective result. And yep. I think what ends up happening is some ingredients kind of sneak under the radar. You know, yeah. the use of chlorine and peroxyacetic acid in the processing of produce is considered organic. Yeah. And yet yeah. we know that chlorine off-gassing and, and the levels that they use the chlorine at, by the way, are not really that effective. But, you know, how is that better than using like a food grade surfactant, which we can't get certified? You know, so I just, you know, there are certain things that I feel are really arbitrary. How do you hmm. weigh those in your evaluation? Because I'm just, and let me just say for everybody listening, please check out leafscore.com. So we're talking specifically about leaf, L-E-A-F, as in the leaf from a tree, leafscore.com, where you'll find so many different categories that you've done an incredible job. I mean, you've got auto, you've got baby and kids, bath, bed, cosmetics, fitness, garden, kitchen, living, pet. I mean, I aspire to being on your website, by the way. Uh, But 
but the truth is you've really dived into a lot of different categories. I mean, there's yeah. gotta be, you know, just your, your vast wealth of experience and knowledge in these different ingredients and categories. You and I know just as well, if it's natural, it doesn't mean it's safe. Arsenic is, is organic and natural, but you wouldn't want to be consuming it. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, I think it's very important for people to understand just because it says all natural or, yep. you know, I mean, and sometimes it is all natural and sometimes that is really how you describe it, but that in and of itself is not necessarily enough. And conversely, I would say as well that uh, sometimes we, you know, we can pick up something in the grocery store, say, um, say a bottle of shampoo and it's, has a whole list of chemicals on the back of it and it freaks us out for good reason because a lot of those chemicals may be endocrine disruptors um, they may uh, sensitize the skin so that you're actually becoming more likely to um, develop contact dermatitis but there are also a lot of chemicals in there that are are actually natural chemicals that have no uh, negative effects. Yeah, so another part of what I do is basically go through the associated health information uh, for every single chemical for every product that is listed on the site. So over time, that has become a quicker process for sure as I get used to, you know, my stearates and sterols and, uh, and all those things. Um, I, you know, I have a, a pretty solid database. Um, I also use the uh, environmental working group reports um, that amalgamate various studies. So yeah, really just filtering through all of those things, which is really the intention of LeafScore because, I mean, to be honest, who, who other than me, uh, <laughs> because it's my job, has time to, uh, to look up those things when you're just, you know, you, you need to wash your hair, you need to yeah. wash your face, you, need, you know, you're looking for like glittery nail polish uh, for the office party. Uh, maybe not right now, but, uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, like how, you know, who, who has time to start looking through all of those reports? Um, yeah, and today is National Clean Beauty Day. Have you ever wondered, is rinsing my produce with the water that comes out of the sink that I don't even drink enough to really clean it? Well, then you're one of the smartest people I know. Because you're absolutely right. It's not enough. That's why we created the only all-natural and patented line of food wash and wipes. And it's called Eat Cleaner. It's tasteless, odorless, and lab tested. And it removes up to 99.9% .9 of the residue that water can't, including pesticides, wax, soil, and junk that can carry bacteria that can really make you sick. Plus, we formulated it to help extend the shelf life of your fresh produce too. And that'll save you money. When your berries are lasting up to 10, 12 days, you know that's a good thing. It helps your produce last up to five times longer using a natural blend of fruit acids and antioxidants. So there's no chemicals, it's just clean, eating fun. And this can help save your family an average of over $500 per year. Make it easy on yourself, reduce waste, and get that fruit and veggies into your body, where it's gonna do you a lot of good and not in the trash. Check us out, eatcleaner.com, or head to our Amazon store at amazon.com forward slash eatcleaner. As we record this, yeah, and yeah. 
you know, even though my life is and what my work is dedicated to is mostly food related, I am on a mission now because I had a severe irritant dermatitis uh, hmm. situation from a lip product that I used. And, you know, I went back and forth with the company many times asking for disclosure on their ingredients. And, huh. you know, up and down, they said everything is FDA approved. Well, listen, hmm. FDA yeah. approves literally tens of thousands of ingredients. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that the combination of them is good. Yeah. So, you know, even though you would look at it and say, well, it's just cinnamon leaf and it's just this mm. and that. Well, the combination of all of those irritants created a severe swelling situation around my mouth. I couldn't eat for nine, I mean, well, for nine days. Um, wow. It was on the inside and the outside of my lips. I mean, I looked like I had five doses of Botox. Whoa. And, <laughs> and blistering and cracking and bleeding. And now, I mean, it's over a month later. This just happened recently, like in the midst of all of the chaos of quarantine. Yeah. And this was just from a lip gloss. I, I feel like behind behind the scenes, you're going to have to tell me which company that was. So I, I will. I that. will. And I will share that <laughs> yeah. information with you because if they don't play nice, I don't play nice. Um, yeah. Because they refuse to change their packaging. And that's what I'm really pushing them to do. But there's yeah. no warnings on the packaging about all of these irritants. And now I have kind of permanent darkening around, not permanent, but darkening around my lips. Yeah. I have to use a product to lighten them just to get them back to normal for the next yeah. few months. So I guess all I'm saying is, you know, buyer beware. And I think going to a place like you said, Lee, where you've done the research, you've dug in and evaluated these things is going to give people so much peace of mind. How do you actually, I see you have a rating system. How do you rate? Like, for example, I see you have a nail polish on here. It's just two out of five. How do you come to that rating? So that one is a little difficult. Um, when we started out, it was very, it was very much. We looked at whether the majority of the ingredients in something were natural and organic and certified, yeah, and safe and non-toxic. But as things have progressed, the, yeah, as I as I said, I sort of look more at the the full life cycle of something as well. So if a company, if a if say a big company makes a single product that is, uh, I don't know, an organic cotton blanket, but the rest of their range is entirely synthetic, uses azo dyes that can be carcinogenic, and uses conventional cotton that is one of the most heavily polluting um, mm. textiles in the world, the scores will shift. But the, the methodology is all on the website. We're, we're very transparent with that. Um, there's a very long, nerdy write-up of how I, uh, <laughs> how I approach everything which, yeah, if uh, people are interested in checking it out, then they can. Um, I think that's under the About uh, tab on the, on the website, this methodology. Um, so it, it does go through what each leaf uh, represents. So say if something is five leaves, it's going to be 100% uh, organic, um, no synthetic ingredients. It's going to be, it, it will have all of the major uh, certifications that, that are relevant and actually meaningful. If it's a household appliance, say, like a, a refrigerator, then it will have a, a good energy efficiency rating. 
um, which is a whole other topic that I could get into and get very mathematically nerdy <laughs> about. Um, and yeah, and the, the other thing is that it will be made by a socially, environmentally responsible company because I really, you know, as, as good as it is for companies to start diversifying their product ranges to introduce natural, safe, organic products, um, I'm not going to pander to that. Um, so if, uh, you know, if a company has a reputation for making things that have harmed people, um, that have harmed the environment, that continue to harm the environment and people, um, then just because they make one single uh, eco-friendly thing, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily put them in my good books. Uh, yeah. Whereas if there's a, you know, scrappy little startup that, uh, that has sort of started out with the mission to make something that is better, that is better for people, planet and animals, if there are animals involved or not, then yeah, those are, those are the ones that I am really enthusiastic about highlighting because I, I think a lot of the time, you know, it does take us getting kind of angry about how companies take our money for granted and yeah and we step in see the problem and create a solution just like you have done well and when i see things i mean and here's part of my greenwashing thing that drives <laughs> me crazy when i yeah. see just things like the word vegan yeah okay or the word gluten-free. I know that that's not, you know, that's more of a dietary yeah. thing. But to me, those are just words and they just mean that there's no animal-based products in there, okay? If yeah. you've got a nail polish that's vegan, that's fantastic. Chances yeah. are, you know, you can make a pretty, you still can make got a, formaldehyde. Yeah, in there. you still got other <laughs> crap going on in there, yeah. you know, microplastics and yeah, yeah. same for yeah. gluten free. So I yeah. think, you know, they're again another really important reason to just check out. Have you ever had a company lash back at you? I mean, I'm sure some <laughs> companies don't take very kindly to having their products evaluated in a negative fashion like have you have you had any repercussions and how do you handle that not any major backlash and i think part of that is because very early on we we did initially have uh, have sort of the idea of having smokestacks as well as leaves so for, <laughs> you know, any companies i found that were like particularly egregious but we, we really wanted to maintain it as a positive space and just not give the airtime to, yeah. um, to companies that we don't support and uh, we don't think are you know, actually fighting the good fight. So if there is a product category that I'm really, really struggling to find genuinely eco-friendly and safe and non-toxic uh, products, then I may include ones that are sort of one or two leaves. Um, and they're still, the idea there is that they're still doing something that's a bit better than the standard. We do have, we do have the brown leaves uh, <laughs> idea, but I honestly don't think I've used that yet because again, I just, I really don't want to give that space to, uh, to people because as you know, with uh, SEO and um, algorithms, Google algorithms, if you have a page that has uh, the best eco-friendly whatever on there, and then you have a company name associated with that, then then it doesn't necessarily translate that we're actually talking about them in the negative. Right. So um, so there's that that sort of consideration too. Um, but yeah, normally normally companies are pretty happy to be listed because we're highlighting their um, their merits. Uh, there are occasionally 
companies who will um, who will say that's not true. Like we're doing better, and I'm like, okay, update your website then, please. Yeah, <laughs> like, show yeah, me, show I'm me the proof. Through. Yeah, right. like, do you have an annual environmental report from this year? Because the last one I see is from 2014, which I actually just did with Jaguar. I was writing about electric vehicles, and their last environmental report um, that was actually on their site was from 20. I think it was 2014 and they've had other ones, but they just weren't putting them up on the site. So um, yeah, it, but it took me getting in touch with the company and, and actually saying, Hey, like you're a big company, sort this out. Right. Um, yeah. Like transparency is great, but I, yeah, I like actually need to see those reports to, to see that. So, yeah. so there's a lot of reviews out there that people can read. And I know that, you know, there's a lot of people self-publishing, which is great. But I, I think the word to the wise is some of those are paid. So yeah. just to know that um, the way you approach uh, your reviews is obviously just straight data and facts yeah. versus, versus that. Um, have, yeah. Has there ever been a product that you were evaluating or a brand, and you don't need to call them out specifically unless you <laughs> want to, but you were just like, wow, they are really greenwashing. Like they're coming out with all of these claims, but the truth is not so much. I, I mean, I'm sure there has. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I can't, can't think of any uh, specific examples but they I exist. Do, they do exist. And yeah. there was, there was definitely, there was one company, let me think. I think it was when I was, I was researching the nail polish uh, uh, articles for the site. And nail polish has a lot of, uh, like as standard, has a lot of ingredients that um, can have adverse effects on health. And uh, so there's, there's a sort of movement within that particular industry to have things marketed as three five free or eight free or nine free and so it's sort of there's this like arbitrary list of um formaldehyde and uh ethylene and but a bunch of uh a bunch of chemicals that mm -hmm. are very standard in nail polish and um are increasingly recognized as um as in and of themselves being uh being harmful um, or that they, in combination, as you were saying earlier, in combination with other ingredients, they can sort of sensitize you to those ingredients. So it may not be that the particular ingredient itself is harmful, but it makes it more likely that other ingredients are harmful. Mm. So with nail polish, they have this sort of industry wide thing now where some, some are 10 free, some are 13 free. And it's like, yes, that's fine. But what's actually in your polish mm -hmm. like I you know I it's great to know what's not but unless I know what's in there and and it's not in the US at least it's not obligatory for a cosmetics company to disclose their full ingredients list so if a company is disclosing their full ingredients list and perhaps has like a uh, materials uh, safety data sheet, which I love to ask the companies for those. or the SDS. Yeah. Sometimes it's referred to safety data yes. sheet. Yeah, yeah. So I will, you know, I will ask for those, and I will, um, and and a lot of the time, that's you know, that's behind the scenes. I'll I'll email and I'll I'll say I'm not, you know, I'm not publishing this online um, because this is your proprietary data. But um, but I, you know, I do want to know what's actually in there if I'm going to recommend it. 
So um, the beauty industry to me, that is to me a big, big, big beef that I have. And, mm-hmm. you know, because when it comes to food, you are required to disclose. But when it comes to beauty products, which by the way, you're putting on your skin, which is your largest organ, (laughs) you're not. And on the subject of clean beauty, is there any, um, are there any, you know, is there any push to actually change the industry and have that be something that does get disclosed? Because I do feel like that is a really that's a, a disservice to the people that are using those products. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Cause most I, people don't know yeah. to ask for an SDS, you know, let's yeah. face it. Like we go to the grocery store to buy a cosmetic or we go to, you know, the depart, the shishi department store to buy it. And yeah. guess what? doesn't necessarily mean that one's better than the other. Yeah. You know? um, so just because we're spending more, doesn't mean that we're getting a better product. Yeah. And I mean, that's the other thing with greenwashing, isn't it? As soon as you say that it's, you know, mostly natural ingredients or something, you can up your price um, because people, people are trying to do their best. And uh, unfortunately, some companies will take advantage of that. Um, yeah. In terms, of, in terms of the cosmetics industry uh, striving to do better, uh, there, are, there are people for sure who are working behind the scenes. Um, a lot of companies themselves are, are pushing for that um, without getting too political. Um, there has been, I would say, significant regulatory roadblocks um, in the last few years uh, with even some um, consumer protections being rolled back. Um, sometimes that's because there is a regulation that has lapsed uh, that should have been renewed. Uh, or extended. Um, so a lot of the time, even the companies that are actually trying to uh, push for better regulations, for more uh, strict, um, uh, yeah, strict laws on on what can and can't be included, and whether companies have to disclose their full ingredients lists and processes, um, a lot of that is stymied in in the the current climate. Yeah, which is a real shame. Um, it, so it, it really it does behoove us as consumers to support those companies that are trying and that are clearly making those efforts. Um, and and I think once you start digging into it, it it gets easier to spot who those come like yeah which companies those actually are uh, and which ones are just sort of pandering. Is there um, a category yeah. of products that you feel is requires us to take a closer look more than others in all the categories that you have, you know, auto, baby Mm. and kids, bath, cosmetics, fitness. Is there one category as a whole that you feel like needs to maybe clean up a little bit more or give a little bit more focus? Oh goodness. Um, (laughs) I think, uh, I think that probably depends on what weekend is for me. (laughs) I think probably I would say, yeah, that that's between like the sort of the baby and kids situation and uh, and cosmetics. Cosmetics are terrible. <laughs> There's mm. so many things in there that we we just should not be putting on our skin, and the cumulative effect of that is is shocking. I would also actually thinking thinking uh, more broadly in the sort of cosmetics and uh, uh, like bathroom um, necessities. Uh, the like the women's sanitary 
yeah, menstrual management products are mm. especially egregious. Um, yeah, uh, there is, and there, there are laws, um, there, are, there is lobbying, there is uh, significant movement to improve the standards. Um, because when we think about you know, the, amount of, the amount of cotton um, that is conventional pesticide uh, riddled cotton um, that is then bleached, so it has uh, potential for exposing you to dioxins, um, which are uh, potentially carcinogenic. Uh, and then where those things are being used, um, it's, you know, it's no big surprise that people have health issues um, mm. connected to that. Yeah. And um, yeah, and it, you know, it makes it more likely that, that people will get toxic shock syndrome. And because it's, you know, maybe this is a controversial statement, but um, because it's women's products, uh, generally, um, it's just not something that is talked about. And it's very hard for uh, many politicians to care about those causes and actually champion uh, regulations to go through, yeah, in the U.S. So, so you're talking about women's menstrual products, tampons, pads, yeah. things of that nature. Yeah. Um, are you also talking about like any sort of externally applied like birth control or is it more menstrual management? Um, definitely menstrual management. Um, birth control uh, is not yeah, not something that, that we would, we would, be I mean, like, external, <laughs> I mean, like external, yeah. like things that are, yeah. So I, I think, you know, this is a really, this is a subject that comes up in the, you know, in my circle of friends a lot, because, you know, the truth is, like you said, cotton is already one of the most polluted and dirty industries. Mm -hmm. And then you have products that are being used and then they're being soaked in other products yeah. Um, cotton being soaked in other products to, uh, you know, and then literally placed in a very sensitive area. Is yeah. there a category, what category would people go to your website and find out more about maybe cleaner products to use? Um, so that would be under the, the bath uh, section um, bath. on the website. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I look at things like, um, like menstrual cups and uh, reusable uh, cloth pads and um, there's even I mean there's even a startup in the UK that has a um, reusable um, tampon applicator because Ooh. a lot of the yeah it's wow uh, I'm not sure it's available in the US yet but um, but yeah I think I think they're called Dame um, and they they realized uh, that a huge amount of the waste that comes from um, like the landfill waste that comes from um, us, you know, managing menstruation every month is from the plastic applicators uh, that uh, that people use, and they're not, you know, they're not entirely necessary, um, but some people like them. And uh, if you, yeah, if you can use a, a reusable one, then you're saving tons of material going to landfill over your lifetime. Um, and mm. also avoiding putting plastic somewhere that shouldn't have plastic. So it's a win-win, really. Yeah, and then uh, I guess the other thing there as well is looking at a lot of the companies that do make reusable cloth pads. Again, they're sort of walking this line of saying that things are eco-friendly, but then they're using conventional cotton and dyeing it with potentially toxic carcinogenic dyes um, that can harm you and also can harm the people who are making them, the people who are, you know, the sort of 
upstream producers of those things. Mm. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, really looking for the ones that are made organically, made with organic cotton, um, made with, uh, with natural dyes that aren't bleached, all of those sorts of things. So, so for everybody out there, check out leafscore.com. How do they follow you? Do you have a social media presence as well where people can follow you and maybe follow up-to-date uh, reviews? We do. Um, so we're, uh, we're on Twitter at leafscore. I think it's leaf underscore. Uh, score <laughs> that makes sense yeah I'm pretty sure all of those links are on the website yes so leaf leaf underscore score on Twitter and then I think it's the same on Instagram as well um, I used to do the social media it is now being done by somebody else <laughs> no problem so, yeah yes. as a scrappy little startup we're uh, you know we're getting there I love it and and I think again you know it's just such a wonderful and important thing to be endeavoring on to help people find their way. I always end, as we come to the end of our time, I always end our interviews with an important question. I know we haven't really talked about food, but... Yeah, which is funny, really. <laughs> but... Um, talk it, about nonstick pens or something. I yeah. was gonna... Well, and I think, boy, <laughs> you and I could dish like for days because I'm oh, yeah. out on this stuff too. But is there, how do you eat? How do you, you said you're, you're a vegan, but how, yep. like, how do you prioritize nutrition in your everyday? And what do you feel is maybe, you know, something important for people out there that are evaluating their food to consider? Obviously pans, and yeah. I'm sure you go into that in detail, um, as I have on my website, but yeah. how, how do you make food decisions for yourself personally? Well, for me, it, it definitely, the veganism is, is just sort of given at this point. Um, but I, yeah, certainly prioritize buying organic, buying local, trying to buy seasonal as much as possible. So, so I have, uh, have a local veg box delivery um, that comes to my house every, every week. I go to farmer's markets. I also try and grow as much of my own food as possible. Um, which has been tricky in the last few years of moving around, but finally, uh, finally settled in a new place, and uh, I've been building raised beds and and putting in lots of things. So, looking forward to a really good summer on that front. And then, yes, as you say, uh, making sure that what I'm cooking my food in is as uh, healthy as the uh, the food itself, because it really makes very little sense to me to buy a lovely. A lovely little box of uh, fresh garlic scapes and then fry them up in a Teflon coated pan um, and, you know, <laughs> have all those fumes around the house uh, that you're breathing in and that everybody else is breathing in. So, um, yeah, I have a, a robust cast iron collection, which I adore, which Love cast iron. makes moving house far harder, I have to say, but, uh, but it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. Lee, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. And I think that what you're doing with Leaf Score is really interesting. We'll definitely check out all of the categories. And I think um, as we are uh, talking today again is National Clean Beauty Day for the, yeah. the ladies and the guys that are using yeah. any sort of products, whether it's on your skin or in your body. It's really important to pay attention to this. So I encourage you to take a little closer look. If there's no ingredients listed, then ask about that. You know, reach yeah. out to the company if you don't see it on Leaf Score. 
um, and do your due diligence so that you can avoid having something like what happened to me, which yeah. was incredibly painful and just horrific for the better part of a month, you know, avoid things like that potentially. And it, it's not always a sure bet, but knowing is better than not knowing. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I would say as well to any of your listeners, if you find uh, a fantastic product that you would just love to share, then please send me an email at leeatleafscore.com. Um, because I would, yeah, I don't always manage to see everything. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's such a, such a wild world of new companies and out there. And I would love to hear from the ones that are, are doing great things. Wonderful. Thank you again, Lee. Thank you so much, Maria. This was lovely. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot, and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for Recipes for Your Best Life. I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.